0: I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 14, and I'm going to do this quickly because we we, we made a commitment to try as best we could to be out of here uh, in an hour, and and, uh, we'll do our best to do that. Um, uh, So Matthew chapter 14, I'm going to do this quick, and then we're going to take communion, and then we're going to pray over three particular themes uh, that I think are important for us this year um, as we go forward. Matthew chapter 14 is one of my favorite verses. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. When Jesus, Matthew 14, verse 13, when Jesus, oh, by the way, I I know I just started it twice. I forgot my Bible this morning. Like, how? I mean, terrible, right? Like, way to start the new year, pastor. You know, you must love your Bible. Truth is, this is the truth. I left it where I read it this morning. Yeah, gold star. Matthew chapter 14 verse 13 when Jesus heard about it he withdrew from there he withdrew from there by boat to a remote place to be alone that's a key point to prayer When the crowds heard this, they followed him on foot from the towns. As he stepped ashore, he saw a huge crowd, felt compassion for them, and healed their sick. When evening came, the disciples approached him and said, This place is a wilderness, and it is already late. Send them away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. There are so many good sermons in these verses. I'm not going to preach them all, but man. Uh, Verse 16, they don't need to go away, Jesus told them. You give them something to eat. He's just setting them up. He's just setting them up. But we only have five loaves and two fish, they said to him. Now maybe this is the way you're looking at your life and your year. Jesus says, God says to you, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, and your first reaction is, but we only, and I only, and there isn't enough, and I can't possibly do, and this is no way in no way, happening in my life because I don't have the resources, I don't know if you noticed how my year went, I'm not in any state to try to multiply or do something incredible, there's just no chance this is going to happen. I don't know about you. I don't know how your year went. I don't know what it looked like. But as I've talked to many people about last year, I've, I've heard the same kind of theme, that it was just kind of one of those years. Like, I'm glad I got to the end of it. I know that's not everybody's story. Some of you had amazing years where God did some amazing things. And some of you had very difficult years where you're still trying to figure out how you recover from the year. And some of you would just kind of say it just was one of those kind of down the line. Like, I just I finished the 365. I did it. I finished the year. I'm into the next year. And some of us would look at God and he would say, hey, I want you to do something. He knows. He knows feeding 5,000 people plus women and children is a bit of a ordeal. It is a bit of a challenge. Like that's not going to be easy even if they had all the food. It was still going to be difficult. But here they are. And and I just there's just this part of me that Jesus is just like, you know, doing his God thing. And he knows. There's only a few things to feed all these people with. And their first reaction is, but I only have this. And see, so many of us think that's a detriment. So many of us think that is like a mark against us. So many of us look at that and go, there's no way God can use what I have. And yet we just read a verse out of John 7 where Jesus stands up and says, here's what I need you to know. You are thirsty and I have water. Like the only qualification for him him giving you water was that you needed some. The only qualification for God using you is that you're willing to be used. The the only reason God needs you to understand that you need him is so that he can be needed and so then he can use you to do what he's called you to do and put in you what he's made you for. But we only have. Oh, cool. So bring it to me. That's what he says. His next statement is bring them here to me. It's almost though like he wasn't trying to make them do it in their own strength. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not here. To, it doesn't have any commentary. It doesn't. Jesus doesn't like look at the camera and go. This is what I'm really trying to do. I don't know any of that. I just know Jesus at this point says to them, "Bring it here to me." I, there's a couple different ways you could go with this, but maybe one of them is that it's possible Jesus understands they're not going to be able to do it. Maybe he asked them to do it because he wanted to them to know and to reemphasize to them that no, you are not capable of doing all that I've called you to do. No, you are not able to do everything I've given you to do. No, you do not have the resources to get done what I've given you to get done. No, you don't have all. I do. I do. And I need you to know that. Why do I ask you to do things that are way beyond what's possible for you? So that you would come back to me. I'm setting you up for a relationship. I'm setting you up for humility. I'm setting you up for space in your life for me to do what I want to do. Come on, we're starting a new year off right. I'm setting you up. So he says, bring them to me. Then he commanded the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. Here's Jesus, the son of God looking up to heaven. I think that's an incredible picture. I don't know about you, but for me, if I were Jesus, I'm not, we're not starting a cult. If I were Jesus, and I was, had this bread, and I had the fish, and I was sitting there, and I could do something spectacular with it, I don't know if my first move would be God. I'm not sure if my first move would be To look up. That's not a a position of authority necessarily. That's not a position of I got this, you don't got this, I'm all better than you. That's a position of humility. It's a position of God, do what you want to do. Here's Jesus, the Savior. The one who's the light in the dark. The one through whom which all things were created. Here's Jesus looking to heaven. That's incredible to me. And it's what we do when we pray. We look to heaven. Because there's something about heaven that changes our perspective. It changes our vision of what's possible. I'm wondering maybe, just maybe, again, I don't know. I'm just wondering if Jesus is looking to heaven going, what do you want to do? Do you want to split this? Like, do you want to feed 2,500 do you want to send them away? Like, this there really isn't that much food. Like, what do you want to do? Is there a point where Jesus is going, God, Father, what's next? And then it says, one of my favorite uh, verses in all uh, the Bible. It says, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the crowds to sit down, five loaves, looking up to heaven, he blessed them. He broke. This is two words here that are really, really important, and I think they're paramount to any one of us trying to achieve what God's put in front of us to do. Blessed and broken. Blessed and broken. I don't like that those words go together, but they do. Uh, It's the same concept when Jesus says uh, that those things that do not produce fruit, I cut off and throw away, and those things that do, I prune. It's the same thing, y'all. I prune it so that it'll grow more. The things in our life that we got want God to do more of, the things in our life that we got, want God to multiply in us, are things that He must have full control over to where He can break them and bless them. And then He be and this is the, this is this is so good. He blessed them. He broke the loaves, and this is what He did after He convinced them that they did not have what they needed to do what He had called them to do. He got the stuff. He blessed it. He broke it. And then what did he do? It says he gave it to the disciples. So he's taking what you're giving, making it better, and giving it back to you. Some of us are so afraid of giving God what we have, even if we think it's not much. Because we're worried we'll never get it back. We're worried it won't be done the way we want it to be done. We're worried that we, like, if we give this to you and we give you a month just praying, not doing this or that or what, if, if I don't have my Instagram, I don't have my Facebook, and, I, and if I don't eat, I might not be able to. And we're worried that if we don't, if we give it to him, we're not going to give it back. But, but actually, Jesus wants to take it, bless it, break it, and then go, go do what you're called to do. And the disciples took it, began to hand it out, and And it was multiplied, people ate, and then it says there were leftovers. How cool is that? That's called overflowing life. That's called overflowing life, to where you have more than enough. Because when you got leftovers, you can go beyond the 5,000 you thought was already impossible, and you can give more. Come on. See, our life is one that has to be given so that it can be blessed. It has to be surrendered so that it can be multiplied. It has to be put in front of him so that he can do with it what he wants to do with it, what he made you for, give it back to you, and say, run with this. Because I've put something in you that was not there before you handed it to me. We're going to take communion. If the guys could get that ready. In fact, Nate, if you guys could just start passing that out, that would be awesome. We're going to take communion. And here's why. Because uh, one of the key principles of the Bible is remember what God has done. And Here's why I believe that. Uh, This is why I think it's in there. Because uh, if we do not remember what he has done, we will have a very tough time believing what he can do. And so when Moses leaves the Israelites and, and he's commissioning Joshua, he says, please do not, do not let these people forget what God has done. Joshua does the same thing. Do not let these people forget what God has done. Because if they do, they might just forget what's possible. And for some of us, even if we've had a difficult year, even if you've had some really difficult moments, even if some seasons have come and gone that really rocked you to the core, even if you feel like you're a bit thirsty, you're a bit wanting, you're a bit dehydrated, you're a bit taken over, like if you just, man, this is difficult. Even if that's the case, God is saying to you, come to me, let me remind you what is most important, and I want to multiply this thing. Here's the thing about prayer. It is contingent upon one thing. Hebrews says, come boldly before the throne, right? Uh, Here's why it says that. Because Jesus has paid the price. We don't get to come boldly before the throne unless Jesus has already paid the price. Listen, prayer is contingent upon Jesus dying and rising again. Prayer is contingent upon the blood of Jesus shed for you and I. And so our prayer life is not built upon our perfection. It's not built upon the right words. It's not built upon even the right time and place. It's not built upon whether you woke up at 6 a.m. or prayed when you went to bed at 10 p.m. It's not contingent upon any of those things. It is based upon this fact that Jesus came, paid the price, split the veil open, and you are now able to walk boldly into the throne and go, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm dealing with. You knew that, you know that. And here's where I want to go. Do what you want to do with it. Do you need to change my desire? Do you need to change my vision? Do you need to just affirm it? Do you need to confirm it in my heart? What is it that you want to do? And you can do that because Jesus paid your price. So why do we take communion when we're talking about prayer? Because this reminds us that Jesus broke his body and shed his blood because he loved us so much. He wanted to create, wanted to create the most direct route into the throne room of God, the most direct route into the presence of God, that we might be able to speak and pray and hear his voice. So I want to pray over this. We're going to take this together. Can I have some? I want some community. Okay. It won't count otherwise. These guys are awesome, man. Thank you, Shane. Oh, yeah, here. Oh, you can, yeah, just break it now. It doesn't have to be big. You guys, it, what, no, no, I'm not going to get into that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pray over the bread, which represents his body broken for us, represents the sacrifice, what he gave, that he submitted himself uh, to hurt, to pain, to difficulty, uh, so that we might not have to walk through that. Um And so I want to pray over that. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that as we uh, take this bread, that we remember uh, what you went through for us, what you dealt with for us. Let us never run past that. Let us never forget that. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you gave everything for us. Not a single thing did you withhold from us. And so we thank you for it, and we pray as we take this that we would do the same, that we would not withhold anything from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Blood represents a new covenant. It's a new life. I've got one. Thank you. Uh, it's a new life. It's DNA. It is. Um, when you would take covenant in the Old Testament, in the old culture, you would you would actually you would have to shed blood of an animal, and it was basically saying your life is my life, my life is your life. Now what was yours, your sin, is now I'm taking it. And what is mine, my righteousness, is now yours. We exchange robes. We, it is a representation of the fullness of covenant. And so it's really a special thing. It's a powerful thing. And so when we take this, we're, we're remembering that we exchanged our filthy rags of sin for his new robes of righteousness. That we can put on this new nature because it's new in Christ Jesus. And so when we take this, it is, it is us remembering that Jesus shed his blood so that we might have new life. It's a new life, a new creation. Amen? Lord, I thank you for this. Lord, I pray we remember it. Lord, I pray as we pray this month, as we commit time to you to pray, Lord, I, I, I pray that we would always remember that this is a new life, that we pray with a new authority. We pray with a, from a new place. We pray from a, a new location. And so I pray that we walk in it, live in it. Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just got a few minutes. To walk through these next three things. Um, I have three words that came to me as I was, uh, one of them are really big for me, but um, but they really could probably all be found in this section of scripture that we just talked about. Um, but the first one is this word. And I, what I want to do is I just want to, I'm going to say the word, I'm going to give a real quick explanation of it, and then what I'd like to do from there is just give you a moment to think about where is it in my life that this applies, okay? Where does this word apply in my life? And then after that minute, we'll just pray. Sound good? And I may have a couple people come up and pray, so just be ready. Um, the first word is momentum. The first word is momentum. And momentum is really speaks to the idea of motion, uh, movement. Um, Acts 2.47, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved, that God wants to do something progressively, continually, that he isn't looking to just do things on Sundays, he isn't just, just looking to do things on Wednesdays at dinner party, he's looking to do things every day, and, and for some of you, there's areas of your life that you need some movement in, amen, that you need some momentum, that you need that next tick, it needs to get faster as it continues to move down the hill, for some of you, you just need the thing to get moving, some of you need to go from zero to one, right, and you're going, I just need this to go, just get going because I know if it just gets going then it'll happen and that's how momentum happens. It starts. That's the first thing. You got to start. And so for some of you, you're looking for momentum and, and, and movement in a particular area. And so I'm going to give you just 30 seconds. I, I'm guessing that even when I first say it, that's already at the top of your mind. Like it's not like you're going, where do I need more momentum? Um, it seems to me the holidays and the new year bring those to the surface anyways. So where is it that you need momentum? Maybe it's your marriage. Uh, maybe it's relationship with uh, work. Maybe it's, uh, it's business stuff. Maybe it's just faith, uh, your own personal life in Christ. Uh, where is it you need momentum? Just I want to give you 30 seconds. I want you to think about that. Maybe, you know, maybe it would be a good exercise for you to pull out your phone, pull out a note app or whatever, and have something to write this stuff down. Because I don't want you to just pray about it today. Uh, I, I want you to pray about it continually. In fact, I read this morning in the book of Daniel a story about the the angel coming to and saying, you know, you've been praying this for 21 days, and I've been trying to get to you, but it's been a fight. Because we're not battling against flesh and blood, right? There's a spiritual thing happening around us all the time. So sometimes prayer just takes some time because there are some things that have to be sorted out where we can't see. And, um, well, we'll talk about that. So, Just give you some 30 seconds or so to think about where do you need momentum? Where do you need momentum? Write it down. It doesn't have to be one thing. It could be two or three. Pastor Paul, Judy, would you guys come up real quick? Just pray over that. You're still typing, but it's okay. I do that because I, I um, Pastor Paul's, a, you know, going around the world, getting momentum going in the lives of men around the world. And I think it'd be cool to have that here and now.
1: Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. That it's so life-giving and gives us so much instruction on how to live our lives. And Father, as Brandon was saying, I just ask you for the momentum in our lives, whatever that may be, for us to grab a hold of it, to rise up to it, to stand in it, to believe it, and to start. I thank you, Jesus, for lives that have been kind of dormant and just kind of not doing anything and Lord you just say if we'll go you'll meet us there and your word says that you will never leave us and your word says us actually tells us to test you in some things test you in our giving test you know test you he gives us moments and places where we have to stand to believe for faith We have to to apply what we know, what we know is in our spirit, and to revive those things in our spirit and to remind us of those things so that we are able then to move forward in the things that we actually understand. And for those of us who have not yet stepped into a place where we have trusted you completely and stepped over the edge to lean into you and to find out who you really are. God, I pray for courage and boldness for those who really want to see you move and have just been a little bit afraid to do that because, Father, you will never let us go. And there is something about leaning into you and trusting you with everything that we have that changes us forever because you are a god of your word and you will never let us go and so father as we step into new areas and we step into things maybe that we already know that father you would just help us to trust you believe you and know without a doubt that you will be god in every situation and that as we keep going and if we do not give up that we win we will always win and so we thank you, Father, for victories in this year. We thank you for victories over each and every person here who will take it, God, who will take the step and move and be blessed. And we just expect you, Father. We expect miracles this year. We expect healings this year. In Jesus' name.
2: The uh, battery on your car is uh, at a certain size in order to get that engine to turn over. It has to have what's called cold cranking amps. So to get your motor going, you need the right amount of power. Amen? And We know the book of Acts says the power comes from the anointing and, and the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need that, don't we? We need that fire. We need that power. We need that something that gets us moving and then momentum happens. Let's pray for that. Father, we thank you for momentum that comes from the anointing and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Father, we need you. We pray like Abraham said in Genesis 22.1, here am I. I'm here. Lord, I'm here. Come on, everybody pray this with me. Lord, I'm here. I'm ready to receive your power, your fire, your anointing to build momentum in my life. Lord, I pray, let your fire fall on me, rise in me, that I would move into this year with power. In Jesus' name, that I would be a person of momentum. Amen. Amen. The next word on this is multiplication.
0: Multiplication. Uh, we just read that verse. We took the five loaves, two fish, lifted it the face to heaven in prayer, blessed it, broke it, gave the bread to the disciples, made it multiply. And I, I, there's some areas in your life where you want things to grow. Uh, you want some things to move. But you want some things to grow. For some of you, it's, it's a matter of mentoring and discipling other people. In fact, that's probably for most of us. There's people in our life that we need to be investing in, multiplying ourselves. Uh, but maybe there's some areas of your life that you need to multiply, you need to move forward. Um, some things you're thinking about uh, business stuff, uh, family stuff, faith. Uh, you want your prayer life to multiply. Uh, you want just to add to it, you want to multiply it, you want it to do something really incredible. And uh, so I want to pray over that uh, really quickly. Uh, uh, Stephen, Linda, would you come up real quick? And uh, I know we're doing well here. This is is good. I want you to just take 30 seconds. I want you to think about what is that area? What's that place where I want things to multiply? Um, I want things to move, but I also want some things to multiply. Would you just take 30 seconds, write that down, put it somewhere where you're going to remember to pray about it.
1: that you're putting on our hearts right now, God. Give us the faith to hear the things that you're saying to us, God, and to step out in faith. Lord, we pray that you would just never let us be content, never let us be satisfied with adding or with, with moving forward a little bit. God, we want you to multiply our lives and multiply you in our lives, Lord. Multiply our church, God. We want to see people grow. We want to see the church grow, God. We just thank you for um, multiplication, Lord. And, Lord, it starts with with um, our hearts not letting us be satisfied and content, God. Give us faith to take a step, God, towards... and. and Towards what you can do, and to have faith in what you're going to do this year in in our lives.
3: God, and I just thank you. How this nature that you've created, um, as we learn more about it, we learn more about you. Even even, I know I know I'm geeky with math and physics, but God, momentum has a direction. It's not just some kind of force with a speed. It it has a direction. And even the Paul's cranking power, it's talking about potential. And God, our potential is so much more when we have you. And God, when we just see how it is, it just kind of gets straight. And it's the next step and the next step. But when we bring you into the equation, it's not just the next step. It multiplies. It's stuff that we can't even imagine because you already said you're going to do more than we can ask or think when we rely on you. So God, we just ask you this year that we stop relying on ourselves to do the linear kind of stuff that's just one plus one plus one. And we begin begin to see you and rely on you and see the two times two times two. And God, we see amazing stuff happen in our midst and in our lives and in our families and in our relationships and the places where we need you to work. So God, today we thank you for what you're doing. Even in C3DFW, Lord, we pray that you multiply your hand of blessing in Grapevine. We pray, God, that you continue to uh, prepare and multiply your hand of blessing in Fort Worth because, God, you have great things for both of these. And, God, the the ministries that are in this church, Paul's and Jim's and others who have a global impact, we pray, God, that's not going to be just another step in a one plus one. But, God, it's going to be a 10 times 10 times 10 because, God, you are able. And you are the one we're relying on. You're the one who gives us potential. And, God, when we include you in the equation, the potential is bigger than we can do by ourselves. That's awesome. So good. we got one more, and it's
0: uh, it's this one, miracles. Uh, momentum, multiplication, and miracles. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among people. And uh, I know there's things right off the top that you go, I need this, I need healing. Uh, I know in our family we we're dealing with that. I know uh, some others in, in the room that are dealing with some stuff that we go, I need a miracle. I, I don't, I, I need other stuff, but I need a miracle. I need God to do something that's outside of my own control, of my own ability. And uh, I need a miracle. And I think that's a great place to live, quite frankly, in a place where you need God to do something you can't do. And, and I don't know what that looks like for you. Again, to go back to relationships and finances and uh, it, it just different things that are happening, but you need a miracle. You need a miracle. I'm going to ask my wife, babe, to come on up and have her pray over this, and then we'll sing, and then we'll be done today. And uh, Would you stand with me as we pray over this one? In fact, you know what? Let me do this. Let me just say this. If you need a miracle, if that's you, and you say, you know what, I know right now. Some of you guys got some things you're not going to talk about, whatever. But, but if you go, I need a miracle. You don't have to tell us what it is, whatever. Would you just right now, would you just raise your hand? And I want those people around you just to put your hand on their shoulder. And uh, I want you to just pray with them for a miracle, uh, for something supernatural, for something beyond control. If you're with your spouse on something, then put your hand around their shoulder. Let people surround you and pray over you. And uh, come on, let's pray for each other. Let's pray. God does something in us that we would not see done otherwise, amen? God, be a God of miracles among people, in Jesus' name.
4: Father God, I thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void. Father God, that your word is true and it is faithful and it is something that we can depend on. I thank you that your word says that that you are before us and that you are behind us. That you are our protector you that you are our healer and god that whatever we need we can ask in jesus name and father god that those things would come father we pray for healing right now we thank you lord for those that need a miracle from heaven father that you would touch our physical bodies father because we know that there is more for us to do So God, I pray against all fear. I pray against all inadequacy. Right now, I say the name of Jesus, and we speak healing and wholeness. You're a good God, and you are a faithful God, and Father, we want to see your glory. We want people to see the miracles that happen in this church, in our bodies, in our lives, in our finances, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our children. God, we will not give up, but we will continue to fight for the things that you are calling, that you have for our lives. We will fight, we will walk this good thing called faith. And Father, we know that you are alongside of us. And so Father, when we get in a place where we, feel, fear, feelful, where we feel fearful. God, we know that we can claim the name of Jesus and that we can hold strong to the words that you have for us. So, God, I pray this new year that you would bring redemption, that you would bring, you would restore our bodies back to wholeness as we call upon the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: we thank you for today but i thank you that miracles are happening i thank you momentum is starting i thank you that multiplication is going but i thank you that we are going to be a people that see momentum in our lives multiplication of our lives miracles in our lives all because all because we committed our hearts to you we devoted ourselves to you we surrendered ourselves to you god we believe in you we trust you. We know that you are greater, that you are there with us through all things, and that you are on our side. And so I pray in every life and in every heart that they would walk out of here Lord, with old things passed away and new things having come into their world, God, I pray they walk shoulders high, head up, knowing that whatever circumstance they're in, it does not determine the Christ that they serve. You are still and will always be our King and our Lord. You are our Savior, and you are for us, not against us. So we thank you for it. Let this be a year where we see things move, where we see things grow, and we see things change. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on.